Hello everyone, I'm Bailey. I'm Drew. And I'm Lacey. And, and we're, we're sarcastic, sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Sounds like the B in 23, whatever that show was. Okay. Um, January 4th, 1935, Bellhop uh, Randolph Proops would be asked to go up to room 1046 at the President Hotel in Kansas City. Upon opening the door, he would find the tenant naked on the floor, half alive, and a bloodbath all over the room. Ooh. So now that I've painted that picture... Oh, half alive. He wasn't dead yet when he got there. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to backtrack two days. So January 2nd, again, 1935, a man checks in to the President Hotel in Kansas City, Missouri, around 1.30 p.m. By the way, the hotel is still standing. Um, and functioning, actually. Um, the man Are I there still bellhops? Probably. I think it's, like, uh, owned by, like, Hilton or something. It's probably really expensive. Um, the man identified himself as Roland T. Owen. Witnesses described him as between 20, 20 to 35 years old, brown hair, a scar on his scalp visible above his ear, and a cauliflower ear. Mm. Which, if you don't know, is a collection... Okay. You're special. Uh, it's a collection of blood between the cartilage of the ear and the skin. Um, comes, yeah, it comes because of a direct blow to the outer ear, common in boxers or wrestlers. Um, and dogs can get them, too, in their ears, but they're called oh. hematomas. Um, they're really satisfying to drain. Anyway. Um, we're going to call did him... Did you know that, Lacey? I didn't. They're very satisfying to drain. Uh, we're going to call this man Owen for the rest of the time, just to save time. Oh, that's a nice um, name. He was dressed... a lot of Owens anymore. That's his last name. Oh. Um, he was dressed in a black coat and was polite to staff. Staff noticed that he was packed very light. No luggage, but he had a comb, a toothbrush, and a brush. That's all you need. Um... He requested a room on a high floor and in the interior. So he was placed on the 10th floor in room 1046. Um, the bellboy, who was also the same Randolph Probst who would later find him, um, helped him in his room. During this time, Owen complained about an outrageous price of a neighboring hotel. Um, that comes back into play later on, so just remember that. Um, staff would go go on to say that his behavior was strange, but during the time, they didn't think much of it. Uh, the staff was most likely used to it because the hotel had often hosted out-of-towners and businessmen looking for some late-night company. Mm, um, and the less they got involved, the better. Don't do callbacks to other episodes. <laughs> 
drawing in our longtime fans. <laughs> of four episodes. <laughs> uh, so co- next comes the maid, which we're just going to name her Mary. I don't really want to say her last name. Um, Mary went to the room a few hours after Owen checked in. Um, she tidied up the room, um, and she noticed that Owen was kind to her. Um, Owen stayed in the room while she did this. She noticed that he was sitting in the room in the dark with the curtains closed. Um, (laughs) the only source of light was a a dim lamp on the desk. Uh, her statement to the police was that she felt like Owen was either worried about something or afraid. He always wanted to kind of keep in the dark. As she was leaving his room, he requested that she leave the door unlocked because a friend was coming to visit the room soon. Mm. Um, a few hours later, around four, Mary returns to the room with fresh towels. Um, the door was still unlocked. She found Owen laying on the bed, completely dressed, staring at the ceiling. She noticed a note on one of the tables reading, Dawn, I will be back in 15 minutes. Wait. She had no interaction with him before she left or, like, anything else in the room. Um, Cut to the next day, January 3rd. Um, Late in the morning, Mary would return to the room to clean it. Finding the room was locked from the outside, so she used her key. Um, She entered thinking that, you know, like the other tenants, it was late in the afternoon. They probably have gone to work or gotten about their business and thought that Owen had left for the day. How do they? How do they know that it was locked from the outside? Or was that? This is just like a phrase. Um, probably because the. Mm. I mean, because you could know if it was locked from the inside if like they had a chain or something. Yeah. Like, so they probably assumed the other the other way. I don't know. Hmm. They probably assumed that just because the doorknob was locked. Mm. It could have been that you know she did it with her thing and tried to open it and there was no chain so then she knew it wasn't locked from the inside. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't know. So anyway, she used her key. She entered. Um, she found him sitting in the dark, again, in a corner, um, not saying a word. While in there, the phone rang. Um, Owen answered the call, but only responded, No, Don, I don't want to eat. I am not hungry. I just had breakfast. After a slight pause, he would respond again, No, I'm not hungry. And that was the end of the call. Um, Before leaving the room, Mary would find Owen more talkative and uh, was inquiring about her job in the hotel, Um, asking questions like, how many rooms was she in charge of, what kind of people lived in the President Hotel, if any, Um, and he, again, began to complain about the price of the neighboring hotel. Um, She answered quickly, finished cleaning, and left the room. She probably wanted to get out there because it's kind of creepy, though. Yeah. It's also, I feel like it would be awkward to be cleaning a room and the person who's, like, made the mess is just sitting there watching you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, it doesn't sound like he's making too much of a mess. He seems to just be sitting around. Yeah. In the dark. Yeah. Yeah. I think it it sounds like, because this was the 30s, like, they would clean the non-replaced towels, like, every day. Yeah. Probably not changing the sheets. Yeah. I think that's what was probably going on. Um... So, same day, it's still the third, um, around 4 p.m., Mary returns with fresh towels for the room. This time, she could hear two male voices coming from inside. Uh, she knocked on the door, uh, and was met with a rough, deep voice saying, who is it? 
After explaining she had fresh towels, the same voice responded, we don't need any. Mary chose to leave the men, even though she knew that she took the towels from this morning. So there wouldn't be any towels in that room. Um, That night, the hotel was alive with music. A party was going on in the same floor in room 1055. At the same time, another guest, Jean Owen, no relation to our victim, um, checked into the hotel after visiting her boyfriend in Kansas City. She was staying in room 1048, right next to Owen. They shared a wall um, and heard strange sounds at night. She would state that she heard a commotion. Um, and this is her quote. Um, I heard a lot of noise, which sounded like it was on the same floor and consistently large men and women talking loudly and cursing. She, at a time, was considering calling the front desk, but chose against this. Now, my own thought about this is, could it have been the party? Could it have been Owen's room? Yeah. Like The fact that it was men and women. Yeah. Wait, you, have you been saying Dawn or Dawn? Dawn. D-O-N? D-O-N. Okay, so it sounds like two men. Yeah. Plus that voice. Yeah. Unless maybe Owen is, uh, got voices in his head. Maybe. Oh, that would be fun. Um, multiple personalities. So that was that night. Cut to January 4th. Um, 7 a.m., the hotel phone operator. What a time. Uh (laughs) Putting you through now. So. <laughs> One moment, please. Anyway. Um, notices the phone in room 1046 has been off the hook for a while without being in use. I don't know how they would know that, but... I think something's probably on There's a light. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, something lights up. At this point, the operator asked the same bellhop probst to investigate. He noticed a do not disturb sign hanging from the door when he arrived to 1046. He then knocked on the door, getting a response of, come in, turn on the lights. Probes couldn't enter the room since the door was locked from the inside, and he was without a master key. Again, I don't know how they knew exactly it was locked on the inside. I don't know how the locks worked at these old, yeah, old hotels. Yeah, I was thought, it, when you said that, I was like, oh, there must have been a chain. But, but then, it sounds like they had a master yeah. key that would do it. Yeah. So he said know. he didn't have his key, so, like, I wonder, I don't know. Um, at this point, because he didn't have his key, he decided just to call through the door for him to fix the phone. Um, Probst assumed that Owen was either drunk or, like, half asleep and didn't realize, like, yeah. he had fallen off. An hour and a half later, at 8.30, the hotel operator called the bellhops again, asking for someone to go up to the room 1046 again. Uh, The phone was still reading off the hook. Uh, This time it was a different bellhop. Is it 1046 or 1047? 1046. Okay. My bad. That's okay. Uh, This time a different bellhop called Harold Pike went up this, this time. Um... He let himself in the room with a key, entered, but only allowed the light from the hallway to kind of, like, give him... Illuminate. Yeah, the room. Um, Pike noticed Owen was in bed, naked, and darkened sheets around Owen. Uh, Pike assumed Owen was drunk and soiled the sheets around himself. Um, So Pike quickly fixed the phone stand and locked the door behind him. Was it blood? Hold on. I think it was blood, too. Two hours later, at 10.30, 
well, sometime between 10.30 and 10.45, um, the whole hotel operator yet again noticed the phone was off the hook in the room. Probst was sent upstairs again, and this time taking a master key with him, Probst knocked on the door again. Without response, he opened the door. Uh, and we're going to go into Who his opened the door? Probst. Uh, so, first, well, when, bellhop. when the previous bellhop, the unnamed one, went in, he did put it back on the hook. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, can I say, I think it's interesting that it was something that they actually cared enough about, that they were like, hey, this guy's phone's off the hook. We well, gotta get I wonder if it like out. messes with the whole connection, like Maybe, all the connections. Because was, the whole thing was... I didn't really look into the old yeah. like. That's, that's I don't know. But I just think it's interesting. Yeah, um, I'm gonna move the cheese real quick. I'm picturing. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> I'm picturing. Let me move the cheese. <laughs> Everybody has their own. Cause you know how you have to get the wire. Yeah. And you put one in one hole, yeah. one in the other. I'm picturing that each phone in the hotel room had its own like hole. And when it's picked up, the whole like closed or something. No, like a, the light next to it lit up so that she would plug in her connection and be like, "What do you want?" And you'd be like, "Connect me to." Yeah, and yeah. she'd be like, "Okay, hold on," and she'd pull hers out and then plug in the connecting wire. Yeah. That's how what I pictured. Right. And so she would need some indication knowing that he's picked up his phone and ready to start talking. So she would plug it in and say, hello? Hello? Okay. And then pull it out. And then 10 minutes go by and she's like, he's still on? Hello? Okay. And plugs hers into the bellhop right. and say, hey, you should go check out that guy because his phone's off the hook. And so I don't know if it's... It messing with the wires. I think it's more of a light that's lit up, and she's like, it's been on for 20 minutes, and it's annoying me. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so, anyway. I would be very excited if that's actually how it works. Because <laughs> it makes sense in my head. Well, maybe have to look it up later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Probst direct statement after walking in that room that second time. When I entered the room, this man was within two feet of the door on his knees and elbows, oh. holding his head in his hands. Knees and elbows? Yeah. Uh, I noticed blood on his head, and then I turned the light on. I looked around and saw blood on the walls, on the bed, and in the bathroom. This frightened me, and I immediately left the room and went downstairs. Okay. Which, side note, dick move, but okay. I mean... I, would, I mean, I would have called for help, but I probably also so would have So, this man was on his knees, knees and, elbows, and elbows, with his hand, head in his hands. Mm-hmm. He saw blood on his head. There was blood on the walls. Just all over. The, the bathroom. Bed. The bed. Just everywhere. Yeah, I would have left, too. I'd be like, okay, bye. Yeah, but, like, my whole thing is, like, I get, like, you're scared and everything, but in that crouch, like, in that position, I wouldn't assume that that person is dead yet. Looking at the mm-hmm. amount of blood all over the place, I'd be like, yeah, but, like, this I'd is still not, be like, oh, my God. You have five liters of blood in your body, and this, Here's four. there's a liter on each wall. Anyway. Plus, there's no way to know exactly how much is in the bed because it soaks in. True. Uh, so Probst ran out of the room and found his manager, and they called the police. Plus, that position is weird. It's weird. Well, um, I feel like he could have been just on his knees, like, holding his head, and then just kind of, like, fell forward and was on his elbows. You know what I mean? Just holding yeah. his head. Okay. That's what how I was picturing I it. am excited to tell you my whole theory okay. about the whole thing. Um, so which, stop talking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, that's me. So when police arrived, a Dr. Flanders was with them who oh. attempted to treat Owen. What's his first name? Ned? Uh, it didn't <laughs> that. You're so funny. Um, Owen was semi-conscious, 
Um, he was alive? Yeah. Oh and boy. at this time, the detective was asking Owen some questions before they took him sure. to the hospital. I would. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you so, gotta know if they're alert and oriented yeah. times four. It wasn't those types of questions. You don't know. I don't think it was. Um, the questioning goes, if uh, they asked if anyone else had been in the room, Owen responded, nobody. They asked how the injuries happened. Owen responded, he fell what against injuries? the bathtub. <laughs> injuries? At that That's point, <laughs> Owen fell unconscious and was rest- rushed to the hospital. The doctors approximated that Owen was tortured six to seven hours prior to him being discovered. So somewhere between like 3 and 4 a.m. Um, they believed, The witching hour. They believed he was tortured viciously. His arms, legs, and neck all had been restrained by an unknown cord. He had been repeatedly hit in the head and like had a he skull was tied fracture. To a bed. Maybe. Um, he was stabbed multiple times in the chest oh. and had a punctured lung. There was also bruising he around... He fell against the bathtub. <laughs> there was also sure. bruising around his neck, indicating strangulation. He, he fell against the bathtub, landed on the knife that he just keeps in there. A couple and times. as he was well, falling, how else do you his head got face? caught in the shower curtain and it strangled him. Yeah. It was a series of unfortunate events, but we can all agree, truly an accident. Case closed. And yeah. I mean, somehow ac- he just, like, had a sprinkler of blood through the room. Well, yeah. obviously when he fell on that knife that he keeps upright in his bathroom, um, hit an artery and just panicked. <laughs> just, ooh, yeah. it was just spurting out. Big mess. And, um, yeah. He was so... He was like, I need to calm myself down. I'll tie myself. I'll restrain my body to the bed. And just bleed Ankles, out. arms, and just, just wait. somebody just bleeding viciously. <laughs> <Wait laughs> really, I just have to... <laughs> I'll wait till I settle down before I can get myself together. I just need to settle and down. And so he's like five minutes on the bed. The bleeding has slowed because his heart is stopping. So he unties himself. And he makes his way to the door, but again, heart is stopping, falls to the ground, and is just waiting. Like this. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That's really cute. That's what happened. Um, As a professional in the medical field, seen it before. So unfortunately, <laughs> um, Owen was pronounced dead uh, around midnight on January 15th. That's a bad or January call. 5th. That was unexpected, considering it was a murder and... <laughs> 1046. So, at this point, when Owen was taken to the hospital, um, the detective started looking through his room. The room was virtually empty. Except for all that blood. Even the bathroom items, like soap, shampoo, and the towels were all missing, which, I mean, he didn't get towels anyway. Yeah, I was going to say the maid never brought him back. But all of Owen's clothes... (laughs) 1930s. But all of his bathroom knife was still there. No. But all of Owen's clothes, the coat, the pants, shirt, socks, even the shoes were missing. You said he was wow. naked, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, because all his stuff was missing. They got covered in blood. Okay, here's what happened. He was going to take a bath. He left all his clothes. He threw it out the window. <laughs> air dry. Um, Where were they wet? What? <laughs> You're asking all of my questions. And as he was... 
getting out of the bathtub. He slipped because wet. Oh, and he didn't have any bath towels. So he was just so wet. Okay, here's what happened. Can I continue the no. actual story? Here's what happened. He got in the bathtub. Bathed. He got out. The maid didn't bring me any towels. I'll use my clothes. Dry, dry, dry. Throw them out the window because they're wet. Who's going to wear wet clothes? Nobody. Out the window. So then he's going back in the bathtub because he's like, well, now I don't have anything to wear. Maybe I'll wear shower curtain. <laughs> and then it picks up from where you were before. Falls on the knife. Interesting. Strangled by the curtain. So many good theories tonight. Knocking it. Spurting all of you. are just, just killing it. Knocked it out of the park. Um, That's what happened. Seen it before. So, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um... One of the sources I found claimed that the only things that were left in the room were two empty water glasses, an unlit cigarette, a hairpin, a safety pin, and a bottle of diluted sulfuric acid. And he brought a toothbrush, a brush, and a comb. Yeah. Okay. All missing. Um, but he has his that sulfuric acid? Well, he may have had a friend in the room, so we don't know. Sounds like Um... No weapon was found. Did he leave his room at all? It doesn't sound like it. Do hotels in the 1930s typically stock the room with sulfuric acid? I don't think so. That seems like an odd thing. A little bit. I think somebody coming to torture you might bring it. Yeah. That's a guess. I've never done that. Um, so, no weapon was found. They quickly eliminated suicide. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. What about an accident? Uh, Did they consider that at all? I don't know. Mm. Um, This was unsolved, right? Yeah. Well, (laughs) solved anymore. Uh, I knew we'd get one. They did find four four fingerprints on the phone stand, um, which they called potentially female. Which I don't know size. That's the only thing I could think of. Mm. How they would assume it it seems like a very nineteen thirties thing. Yeah. Um. So after finding all that, they talked to the hotel staff. Um, they remembered that Owen had mentioned that he was from the L.A. area. Um, it was the operator. She got tired of that light. Can I finish? Yeah, sorry. Uh, the Kansas it's late. I'm tired. Yeah, fuck off. Uh, the Kansas City Police for the Kansas City Force reached out to the L.A. Force, um, but they were unable to find any record of a Roland T. Owen, causing the investigators to question if this was even his true name. It sounds made up. The neighboring hotel, the hotel, uh, Mutalbach, I think that's how you say it. The expensive one? Yeah. Which is also still standing. Um, the one that Owen had been described as, uh, being, yeah, too expensive. Um, they claimed that a man fitting the description of Owen stayed in the hotel on January 1st, so fits in the timeline. Um, but he checked in under the name of Eugene K. Scott. Hmm. However, the name was another dead end. What was the name that he gave Roland? Owen. Roland T. Owen. And what, Eugene? K. Scott. He's got a thing for the middle initials. Mm-hmm. Um, the investigators also, at this point, tried to search for a Don, um, and again, came up with nothing. The Once the papers published the details of this man being nameless, the public began trying to send photos of their own missing relatives and calling in with questions, but no solid leads would come of this. 
Um, eventually, the case went cold for a little bit. Um, the detectives arranged for a pauper's grave for the deceased, which is a very, like, basic thing. Um, Melody and McGilly Funeral Home was holding the body when the news about the funeral made it into the papers. Um, and the funeral received an anonymous phone call asking for Owen to not be buried yet and promised to send money to cover the costs of a proper funeral. A few weeks later, March on around March 23rd, the funeral home would receive a specially delivered envelope containing cash, enough to pay for the funeral and burial in Memorial Park Cemetery. Say a few weeks later? Yeah. So you're just like hanging out with this body for weeks? Yeah. That's cool. You can put it outside. It's cold. That too. It's Kansas. I don't know. I don't actually, think actually, cold. I think it's Missouri. <laughs> Still. I don't know. Seems silly. Um, they also, with the money, received funeral flowers and a card reading, Love Forever, Louise. Oh, Bel- What is it? Love Forever, Louise. Louise. I thought she said Belize. I was like, that's <laughs> a whole country. <laughs> they miss him. They dearly. really like him. <laughs> um, Probably. However, only the detectives attended the funeral. Oh. Louise well, we didn't go. No. What about the whole country of Belize? No, they didn't. What about Don? Okay, I'm going to move on now. Um, so in 1936, mm. almost, well, that doesn't make sense for two years. So, like, a good time after the funeral, the, the murder, um, someone would come forward believing Owen was their relative. A ruby ogly tree? Ogletree Um, heard about this mysterious case when a friend was reading about it in American Weekly magazine. Ruby spoke with the Kansas City detectives and positively identified her son as Owen based on the scars and the features. Her son's name was Artemis Ogletree and was 17 years old when he left uh, Birmingham in 1934. So a year before he was murdered. Oh, so he was younger than I was yeah. picturing. When Artemis left home, you he, don't know for sure it was him. He was. It's widely believed. Um, oh. He was traveling the country and would occasionally write letters to his mother. In 1935, Ruby would begin receiving typed letters. She received three letters after Artemis would have been deceased. The other weird thing about these letters was, according to Ruby, Artemis couldn't type, and the tone of the letters didn't seem like him. Did you, do you know how the funeral home received their letter from Louise? Was it typed? I didn't go over that at all. Hmm. She's suspicious. Yeah. Um, there's, I do have more information about the funeral home and that whole exchange. Give me a second. Um, she said that there was a strange slang used in the letters, um, and that caused Ruby to be, like, concerned that it wasn't him. Mm. The yeah, last letter... After he was dead. Yeah. Um, well, she didn't know this at the time when she was getting them. Someone was trying to make it yeah. seem like he was still alive. The last letter was said to be claiming that he was leaving the United States and heading to Egypt. Um, cut to 1936, uh, when she knew that her son's son was death. D- dead. Oh, my God. Um, she had attempted to find him tr- through the U.S. consul in Cairo, Egypt, um, but the consul couldn't confirm that Artemis had ever traveled there. Um, the detectives have con- had confirmed Artemis stayed at another hotel in Kansas City sometime before his death and shared a room with another man, possibly Don. Um, unfortunately, this led to another dinner. 
brush comb toothpaste. Uh, he had a cauliflower ear indicating he was in some kind of fight or was boxing. Um, the investigation into his room found everything had been removed, among other things. Found was a bottle of sulfuric acid and possibly went a woman's fingerprints. Um, a person or persons were willing to pay for his funeral and sent flowers for someone named Louise. The flowers were sent twice due to an error when the first being mailed... Uh, so, there was an error when the flowers were tried to send the first time, um, and they sent it again, showing, like, this was kind of important to them. Yeah, there was a um, determination. And then lastly, someone with knowledge of Artemis's death, or responsible for it, was sending letters covering his tracks after he was dead. Um, before I go into theories... Actually, let me go into the theories first, and I can let you see what you wanted to say. The first one, basic one, (laughs) just because there's more information in the theories a little bit. Um, The man referring to as Don beat Artemis to death and acted alone. This one's kind of, I mean, I don't know. We don't really have any, Well, I was thinking, when you were telling us that he was, like, there were evidence of restraints and stuff, I was like... Could be a torture thing. Could also have been, like, a, a kinky thing. Or exorcism. That, too. That's an option. Okay. Um, the next one is the man who was Don. Killed him, but had a partner. Um, on the evening of the murder, something also happened in uh, the hotel. The, one of the elevator operators claimed to see a commercial woman, which I'm assuming is... Prostitute. Yeah. That's fun. I um, like that. Going to the 10th floor. She was described as five point five and a, uh, five, uh, five and a half feet, 135 pounds, with dark hair. He claimed that she was looking for room 1026 to meet a man she was unable to find, calling for speculation that maybe she had mistaken the room numbers. Um, she had also been seen with a man that was the same height and weight as, a, as the woman on the 9th floor. Some say that may have been Don. So another man was staying on the ninth floor that they assumed was they could have thought was Don, and she was seen with him. Um, I mean, the only thing with this theory is, like, we could say that those fingerprints are women's, but maybe a man just has tiny fingerprints. Yeah. Um, Commercial woman sounds so classy. And also, the room... Next door, that neighbor heard loud voices of men and women, or men and a woman, but that could also have been a party. I feel, I'm, I'm getting the sense that there was more than one woman in this one. There was what? More than one. Okay. Um, the next thing I found was a theory in one of my articles that he was killed for being unfaithful to his fiance. Um, was it Dawn? Hold I don't on. think they would have been allowed to be in the cave. Maybe it was Louise and he was... This was mainly sensationalized in articles published in the following years. Um, but according to an article published, um, they sta- said that a woman called a local paper to say... So after they published a little bit about it, uh, the murder, a woman called claiming that you have... Story in your paper that is wrong. Roland Owen will not be buried in a pauper's grave. Arrangements have been made for his funeral. She never identified herself to the um, newspaper 
were explained what actually happened to the man. She only replied, never mind. I know what I'm talking about. He got into a jam. Oh. I thought she, like, followed up with a second letter that was like, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Disregard. Um, At the same time, it was speculated that a man called the funeral parlor when Owen was held and said, don't don't bury... Owen in a proper pauper's grave. I want you to bury him in Memorial Park Cemetery. Then he will be near my sister. I will send funds to cover the funeral expenses. He went on to explain Owen had jilted a girl he was engaged to and that in room 1046 he had met a girl and had a meeting um, stating cheaters only get what's coming to them. Um, Shortly after a funeral company, company, a separate funeral, uh, floral company, sorry, received a call asking for 13 American Beauty roses sent to roll in Owen's funeral, and the voice added, I'm doing this for my sister. This leads to the theory that Artemis was engaged to be married, cheated on his fiance with another woman. Uh, this then caused his fiance's brother or friend to kill Artemis. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he was on the run and that's why he left home. Mm. This one, I, I don't know how I feel about this one. It's kind of, like, all over the place. It's a lot of yeah. moving parts. And I think the newspapers were just trying to sell newspapers. Mm-hmm. Maybe sensationalized it a little too much. Maybe if he was leaving his uh, fiancé for his buddy Don, that would explain. <gasps> why he ran away. It would have been scandalous. <gasps> I was um, thinking that maybe part of the reason he was hopping around the country was because he was gay, and that when because uh, they said that he shared a room with Don, somebody mm-hmm. named Don at one point, and they would have been allowed to just like be gay then. So maybe he was like, I'm gonna hop around, maybe, and live the way I want to live, where I'm not in my hometown and people. I are didn't me. take it that way. No. No, this is gonna tie into my theory. Okay. Um, organized I'm crime. Excited. So in Ooh. the 1900s, organized crime became involved in fixed boxing matches. The 1930s gangsters like Owen Madden, who who the hell knows who he is. Why are there so many Owens? No offense. Um, Owen speakeasies and nightclubs in New York City, and also were, were boxing promoters, um, featuring high, several high-profile fights and clubs. The organized crime involvement only became more synonymous with professional boxing as the decades followed, um, and because Artemis had cauliflower ear and. A scratch on his head. Mm-hmm. Could he have been boxing? Um, so. Also, just the fact that like Don is the name that made me like instantly think of Don. like mm. from mom. Yeah. Um, so my theory is, especially because his room was also cleared out, and he was using different names across the country and different hotels, that maybe he was on the run from the mob or some kind of organized crime. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he had a connection to Louise or was having a relationship with her and that got him in trouble. Um, his response to the detective of also falling against the bathtub could also be like he was confused, mm-hmm. but also he feared the person, didn't want to name him yeah. because maybe he knew where his like mom was or something. And was protecting him. Like, why would you waste... Like, if you know you're dying, there's blood yeah. all over the room. Why would you... Not say who did well, it. Not say who did it. I feel like he had lost so much blood that he probably... The last thing that he remembered was maybe he hit the bathtub. And he was like, that's what happened. Maybe. 
So, I also feel like why, I mean, I mean, we have a lot of murderers that just torture for fun, random people for fun, but, like, could it have been more personal for him? Also, he hid behind curtains and, like, seemed like he was avoiding being found. Maybe he was, like, that's another thing that, like, led me to believe that maybe he's on the run. Um, my thing with your theory, real quick, mm-hmm. is, um, regarding Dawn. Mm-hmm. Didn't he say, no, Dawn, I'm not hungry? Yeah. So, if he was hiding from this Don. Yeah, that's kind of where I got lost, too. Like, maybe he, like, Don was, like, protecting him or his friend up until a point, and then Don turned on him, but I'm not sure. Can I tell, are you done with your theory? Give me one more second. Okay. Um, my relation, what I think happened with the phone that morning was he was attacked overnight on the 3rd. We know that because that's what the medical examiner was saying. Um, He went in and out of consciousness and was attempting to get to the phone and kept taking it off off the hook. And and the drunk seeming behavior was just from him, like, in and out of consciousness and losing blood. Mm -hmm. I think his final, like, stitched effort was, like, probably, like... Maybe throwing himself off the bed and trying to get to the door. I think that's what happened, and that's how he ended up on the floor and why the phone kept going off the hook. That makes sense? Mm. Yeah. My theory... So, I'm playing a video game right now, um, and it's... uh, I play as a detective in the 40s, um solving crimes and one of my the literally the crime that I just solved was um a boxer was supposed to take a dive in a fight and all these people had all this money on him losing Mm -hmm. he which stacked his odds higher yeah so he put a bunch of money on him winning or he had his girlfriend do it and the plan was that they were going to skip town and run off with the money so he, after the fight, he won. He went to his, the training room, locked the door, climbed out the window, and then went on the run with the intention of, and his girlfriend went around collecting the money and they were going to meet up. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously all the people that want, paid him to take a dive were very upset with him and it was a lot of like gangsters and stuff. Right. So it would make sense if he was like, Hiding out, changing his name, trying yeah. to avoid the gangsters. Um, and then, I I mean, maybe they found him. Or maybe he... Tr- he Trying to make your theory about the dawn work, maybe yeah. he called because he was getting tired of hiding. And was just like, gone, I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. Or so, I don't know, maybe code yeah. words or like... You want a knuckle sandwich? He's like, no, I'm not hungry, Don. Um, no, I already ate breakfast. Yeah, thanks, bud. <laughs> thanks, it's fun. Um, but then the Don, like, kind of figured out where he was, sent some goons to just, like, teach him a lesson. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got some goons. Who doesn't like a good goon? And, um... I mean, even, like, the gangsters have fun names. Maybe one of them was the name The Bathtub. And he was like, I got hit by the bathtub. Jimmy the bathtub. Jimmy the bathtub. <laughs> but that's, yeah. And they cleaned him out because... Why wouldn't you? Yeah. 
And but I agree that he kept like getting up to try and call for help and losing consciousness and stuff. Yeah. Was he naked? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah, I I like that theory. I like the theory. I like my theory. It's also very similar to your theory. <laughs> so. I was gonna say which one? The one that it was an accident and he fell on the knife from the bathtub. Yes. Or that Jimmy the bathtub. So wait, can you go over all his injuries again? Mm-hmm. So let me scroll up real quick. Because in my video game, I don't know how historically accurate it is, but they talk about how um, Italian gangsters are really into the little switchblades at that current time. What? Um, it didn't say. I mean, okay. You said puncture wounds, right? He has stab wounds. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll start with he has a scar on his forehead, which helped his mom identify him. He has a cauliflower ear. Mm-hmm. Um, From losing the fight. Yeah. Um, his he's got restrained marks around his neck, legs, and arms. Um, he had been hit repeatedly in the head and had skull fractures. Oh, sounds like he was hit with something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stabbed multiple times in the chest. Had a punctured lung. And the bruising around his neck indicated some type of strangulation. And where where was the hotel that he died? Like, what state are we Missouri. in? Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. And where was he from? Or where was his mom from? Bringing him or something? Is that in California? I... They didn't give me a state with it. What was it called? My phone's dead. Hold on, let me... Because my video game takes place in L.A. Um, B-I-R. Bringing him. Alabama. Alabama. Really? Yeah, Birmingham, Alabama. Okay, so here's my theory. Uh, It's throwing me off a little bit, Alabama and Missouri, because I didn't anticipate the mob being in Alabama and Missouri. Well, maybe he left and went to New York first. Yeah. Uh, I think Hollywood. I think he slept with Louise. Um, Louise. Yes, uh, a little bit of an ongoing thing. I don't think it was just like a, a one night stand thing. I think that they had a little bit of a thing. Mm-hmm. And Louise was wife, maybe mistress of somebody high up in Her daughter. Daughter, because he's young. Yes, that's it. He was eighteen. Of mob man. It was the Don's um, daughter. It was the Don's daughter. And he was like, you're not gonna you know, he got threatened or he figured it out or she said to him, you gotta get out of here, my dad's gonna fuck you up. And he went on the lam. Um, and I think, I'm still kind of thinking that Don was just a person's name. I think that he had somebody who was like kind of trying to help him, like an inside person mm-hmm. who was letting him know, hey, you know, they're sniffing you out. Go, you gotta leave where you are. Go somewhere next. And well, I he think that went he, from one hotel to right next door. Yeah. Expenses. Right. Well, I mean, you wouldn't tell the bellhop, the mob. Well, I mean... I think you would go further than Right, he was kind of harping on that. Maybe he was just, like, really trying to sell that that's why he moved and not, like, I'm just trying to avoid being caught. I do think that if you're at Hotel A and you're like, hey, the mob found you at this hotel, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to go further than across the street. Well, maybe he's... Um, Maybe it was like he was starting to feel... Like they knew, kind of knew where he was. Yeah, and I think that's why he was like a little bit, almost seemed depressed, like that first. Like he knew, like that first day or whatever. And curtains are drawn, and he's just kind of sitting in the dark. I think that they were catching up to him, and he knew it. Mm -hmm. It, Well, uh, maybe it wasn't depressed. Maybe it was uh, 
way of him remaining incognito. That too, that too. And then, you know, so they killed him. And dad or somebody told Louise, hey, killed your fuck buddy, don't do that shit again. And she was like, I'm going to pay for his funeral and some flowers. Okay, going back to my theory, the arguing, Mm -hmm. if they showed up and was like, where's the money? And he's like, I don't have it. Louise has it. His girlfriend, mm-hmm. who collected the winnings. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're, okay. yelling at him, like, you need to get us our money, or, you know, shit's going to be bad for you. And then, oh, I don't know. How old was the woman next door? Was she a million? Because she no, can, oh, she was young. I was She's really hoping that she was a million. I don't, I don't fully believe the shouting that she reports. Because there was a party. There's a party on the same floor, close by. Mm-hmm. Like, how how do we know that that's that? And I imagine it made people a, from the party would spill into the hallways and yeah. yeah, maybe it like mixed together. Maybe there was shouting next door, but no, also shouting down the hall from the party, and, and it kind of just pretty mixed sure together. I like, read at this point that she was like in bed or trying to go to sleep, so it's easy to get those mixed up. Yeah. Um, I really like my theory. I'm going to go with my theory. I vote on mine. I like I like mine, but also yours as well. Well, I feel like ours are very similar. They are. Um, the only other th- like the thing that like just I really didn't like about this, which was probably like the 1930s. But how do you know the fingerprints are from a woman? It's a dainty. Like, the size of them. Well, like I also I could have got away like, with there's shit. Something the, like newer now. I think about like hands. the like actual like imprints or like the like ridges and stuff on your fingerprints. But, like, they wouldn't know that shit in the 30s. They probably you know, had some um, kind of theory about it that was, you know, if the... Yeah, it was that it was small. It was the way. 30s. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was that it was it, they were, like, perfect. Like, not a man who's been working with his hands. These are soft, weak hands. I can tell by yeah. the fingerprints. Oh. That sounds like a thing they would say in the yeah. 30s. Um, or... Maybe it was like These a... These are farmer's hands. Well, remember the second bellhop who went up and hung the phone up? Yeah. His fingerprints would have been on it. Maybe they were just taking a little shot at that guy. I'm like, oh, it's a woman hand on this on this phone. A lady was the last one to touch this. Tell Dainty, Jim, here. Tell Dainty Jim that they're saying yeah. a woman did it. Poor Pike. Oh, this is last name. Oh, that was his name. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the mob did it. How did we like that one? I liked that. I liked it. I liked that it related to the video game that I'm currently playing. You're welcome. I did not do that on purpose. Yes, you did. For the record, it's called L.A. Noir. I I like it very much. I started playing that, and then I kind of got to it. I played it once through, and then I... I'm not far into it. I took a break from it for a bit. Yeah. And then I'm going back because... My break was sim- significant enough that I kind of forget how everything yeah. turns out. So My break has been long enough that I'll have to start over when I get back in. Okay, so this was fun. Well, that was sinister. And we were very sarcastic. And we hope you keep listening. Bye! Bye. Bye.